Hail Dictinus grants us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. There are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. Welcome to Return of Spooky Stories, the 205th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of John Lennon. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn. I'm Ode's mother. And very glad to be here this week. Yes! <laughs> Originally, we were planning to do spooky stories last, last week. week in advance of Halloween. Mm-hmm. But there was a medical event, so let's go into housekeeping and talk about that. Okay, well, I don't want to go into too much detail. Uh-huh. But I was at work last week and uh, started feeling very badly. And essentially had what um, appeared to be stroke-like symptoms mm-hmm. in my arm and across my face. And had some confusion and and, uh, just felt lightheaded and weird. And so my uh, supervisor was like, you need to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. and get checked out. So what did I do? I drove myself. Like a fool. (laughs) Which I probably should have called 911 or my boss should have. None of us were thinking clearly. Someone probably, someone from your work should have driven you in or something. Something, something. None of us were thinking clearly about that. But uh, I ended up at the hospital. My my blood pressure was high. My sugar was low. Did all the tests. The, all the tests. All the tests with the MRI and the, the CT cat. scans and the echocardiogram mm-hmm. and blood tests and things like that. And they determined that I had had a TIA, which is a transient ischemic attack. It's like a mini stroke, but it doesn't leave damage behind. It's usually called like a warning stroke because mm-hmm. it often precedes a I, full stroke. Right. However, I do, uh, among my many uh, autoimmune diseases, Mm -hmm. I do have something called Sjogren's syndrome, which um, I take a medication for, which at the time, because there was some issues at the pharmacy, I had not been able to get a hold of my medication and had been off of it for four days. Mm -hmm. And so I'm of the opinion uh, that it may have had something to do with that because I found out later, after doing some research, that the type of symptoms I was experiencing can be symptoms can of be symptoms of Sjogren's. So, and I told people that I had Sjogren's and that I was missing the meds and all this kind of stuff, but they, they were really on a TIA, you know, track. Which is good because yeah, when absolutely. you have a TIA, you are at very heightened risk of a stroke for the first like exactly. 48 hours afterwards. So exactly. they were understandably focused Concerned, on that. Concerned, yes. And, uh, but I, you know, my Brain scans were clear. My heart looks good. My veins are clear. What the emergency room eventually did was call it a, quote, random TIA because they Mm -hmm. couldn't find any reason it should have happened. Right. Of course, I'm going to be doing follow-ups with my own physician and then uh, with the neurology team in a couple of weeks. But I've been progressively feeling better every Mm -hmm. day, especially since I'm taking my medicine. So I'm I'm really looking forward to having that chat with neurology Mm -hmm. and saying, um, could this have been a contributing factor? Mm -hmm. And making sure that I contact my rheumatologist every fucking month Mm -hmm. and uh, don't let this happen again. Yeah, because what it is, is that the medication she's on for Sjogren's, you may be familiar with the name of, from that time a particular orange Muppet told people to take it for COVID reasons. That's right. And was a fucking moron and... So they ran down the supply from for a bunch of people who didn't actually need it. So now, instead of rolling over automatically at the end of the month, it has to be approved by her rheumatologist individually. Mm-hmm. And her rheumatologist was late. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bite someone if this happens again. <laughs> yeah, so it was and it was very obviously stressful and I, you know, ended up being 
held overnight in mm-hmm. the hospital, and the very next day, Jackson had his own surgical procedure that I was supposed to take him for mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids, you know, about an hour away. So I was all, I was very upset and stressed about that. And, but by the next morning, I had passed all, every single neurology uh-huh. test that they gave me, every single one. I passed. There's not a single one that I did not pass. No. And that's why they were calling it a random TI. Yeah. Because like I said, they couldn't find a, a, a damn thing nope. that would have caused it. And I didn't have any residual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no no damage to the brain, nothing. Right. There was no, I had no problems with memory, with vision, with mm-hmm. hearing, you know, anything. So they let me go at 10 a.m. the next day. So yeah, so I'm doing doing very well. I'm obviously being more cautious and I'm making changes in mm-hmm. my diet because it's entirely possible it wasn't just the Sjogren's or the Plaquenil. Right. It, it could have, have been, set off. It could have set off something. Because we do have a family history of TIAs yes. through my grandmother. Yes, we do. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm still paying attention to my body and to, and I'm, I'm making, again, making changes in what I eat to be healthier. Mm-hmm. But yes, that was my adventure last week. Yes. Let me continue to say thank you to mm-hmm. everyone who sent energy, who lit candles, who said prayers. It was all incredibly appreciated, both by me and by Ode and Jackson. Yeah, because I was home alone because Jackson had to go to Grand Rapids for his right. surgery. So he got an Uber out there while Mon- mm-hmm. while Gwen was in the hospital being held overnight. And so I'm just sitting at home like, well, I hope none of no one in my family dies tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very stressful. For all concerned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but let's put it this way. At 10 a.m. the next morning, I walked out mm-hmm. of the hospital and drove to Grand Rapids to pick up my son. Yep. And she's so, been, she's been. I went back to work She's, the she's next been day. free and clear since and, and has yeah. been feeling better every day. So. Every single day. So. So fortunately, all's well that hopefully fucking ends well. Yes. We are hoping for a nice cool. mundane November. Yes, wouldn't that be lovely? With the no drama. With no drama. No drama. No drama November. Oh, no drama November. No, no drama, drama November. November. <laughs> that's the new name for that's, it. That's, that's what we're aiming for. Yep. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. So, I think we can wrap up housekeeping? Yes. Okay. Yes. We are housekept and... House swept. Spectacular. So we haven't actually done a full Spooky Stories episode in a little bit. I don't think we did one last year. No, I don't think. So we're doing Spooky Stories again. Uh These are not going to be explicitly pagan stories. They're just Spooky spooky Stories. stories. And um, Jackson was is not feeling well enough to join us at the uh, mic. He is still recovering from his surgery. He's recovering very well. He's just like sore and has uh, low energy. Mm -hmm. But he... Had a particular story he wanted to tell, so I'm going to tell that story in his honor. Yes. And so. why don't you start with that? Okay, sure. So I'm going to tell the story of the Enigma of Amigara Fault, based on a Junji Ito manga story, <laughs> which uh, Jackson loves Junji Ito very, very much. And I also enjoy his work. It's very spooky. All right. In the year it doesn't matter, <laughs> a mountain called Amigara Mountain in Japan experiences an earthquake. And a fault line that runs through the mountain sort of cracks it open and exposes this 
expanse of, of rock mm. that had been buried for, you know, thousands and thousands of years, mm-hmm. as mountains often tend to do. Yeah. This sheared open part of the mountain, a whole bunch of scientists go to investigate, like, okay, well, let's see, because we've had earthquakes here before, and the mountains never split in half, so what happened? So a whole, a whole team of scientists goes out to investigate this new fault line. Like they do. As they're approaching this mountain, they notice something weird about this fault line, this exposed face of rock. Like, from a distance, it just looks like it's sort of pockmarked. Hmm. And they're like, what's up with that? That's weird. Sort of honeycombed with, with holes. And as they get closer and closer, they see these holes have a very distinctive shape. Eventually, they get close enough to see these holes are all shaped in the silhouettes of human figures. Oh, that's creepy. Uh-huh. So this mountain, this, this face of the mountain that's been exposed now mm. is just riddled with holes in the shapes of human silhouettes of just people sort of at rest. They're not like in particular poses. They're all in sort of the same pose, actually. Arms and legs sort of slightly outstretched in like a, like, um, like a Vitruvian man at, mm. at one of the low angles kind of a, a position. Not a T pose, but like similar. I mean, they're all different shapes and sizes, but they're all undeniably human silhouettes. Mm-hmm. And so the scientists are like, well, that's very odd. <laughs> And mysterious, and we would like to know what the fuck that's about. Did we just unearth some kind of tombs, or what's what's just been exposed here? See, this is the point in the story where people should be going, oh, fuck no, <laughs> and turn tail and run like crazy, but no. But no. But no. So the scientists are like, all right, well, we'll investigate. That's what we're here to do, is to investigate. So the scientists set up all their equipment, and they start investigating these holes. And they discover that... The holes are thousands of years old. Like, they take samples, you know, and do that. The strata of stone is thousands of years old. And they have some, like, archaeologists come in and look and be like, what, how did these holes get here? And the archaeologists are like, well. (laughs) Let me tell you. These are not naturally occurring formations. They have been dug out of the mountain. And interestingly, they have been dug out from the inside out. See, that's where you pack up your shit and you decide to leave. <laughs> so. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. So, so the scientists are like, well, that's mysterious and upsetting. How did that happen? So they send, you know, they do those little long snaky camera things uh-huh. and are like, okay, well, let's see how deep these go. And they can't find how deep these go because they just keep going and going and go going and 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 going. They run out of stuff. They run out, yeah. They get the, the, the cameras go as far in as they can get and there's still like just blackness deeper into the mountain, further into these holes. And they're Child, like, I'm <laughs> and they're like, where the fuck do these holes go? <laughs> Where did they come from? Who dug them? From whence? <laughs> leave, scientists. Uh-huh. That's your cue to leave. So the scientists send, you know, a communique back to the, the Japanese government like, uh, here are our current findings. And the government's like, well, keep finding because this doesn't make any sense. But, oh, the government. But this news, having been delivered out of the Amigara Mountain region, mm-hmm. gets on the, it gets on the news. Mm-hmm. So local news sends a little journalists with a little camera out there to film the whole whatever the hell this is this this cannot be good uh-huh and uh it broadcasts and they they broadcast the this fault line with all these holes in it mm-hmm. and everyone across japan is watching this like what the fuck is happening in amigara mountain <laughs> what the hell is that what the hell are their human looking holes and they're all yelling at them which at until the fucking screen 
don't go in there. Which, which until yesterday were underground, like yeah. fully embedded in the mountain. Where, huh? So it's being broadcast all over Japan, and people start showing up at the work site in Amigara Mountain, where the scientists are. Mm-hmm. Just random civilians start showing up saying, I saw the broadcast, and I saw a hole on TV that's my shape. <gasps> so the scientists are like, well, they are all human-shaped, yes. And they're like, no, 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 no. You don't my understand. specific shape. I saw one that's me, my hole. A hole for me, mine, my hole. I saw it on TV. Where is it? And the scientists are like, I don't know what to tell you. And they're like, well, I'm going to go find it. So, no, don't go in there. <laughs> so, uh, the, like, these crowds are gathering. Like, more and more people are gathering at Amigar Falls. And they're all looking for their holes. I think they're being bewitched. Mm-hmm. All these people are looking for their holes. And the scientists are trying to just, like, sort of work around them and being like, please keep beyond a certain perimeter <laughs> from the literal fault line... <laughs> Which just was exposed by an earthquake. Forget it, science dudes. It's magic happening. Let's let's not do whatever the hell y'all are trying to do. Please just let us continue working. So the scientists are continuing to work and study, and the civilians are all, you know, scaling up and down the mountain looking for their holes that they saw on TV. Do you even know? They just know. They just have a sense. It's a sense. It's like a it's a it's a deep intrinsic sense that like that it's they know. Terrible. That's me. That's fucking creepy. That's my hole and my shape. Why would you go want to see it? They just feel compelled. It's they magic, just, I'm they telling just feel, you. No one can explain it. All the Because the, the scientists are like asking people, like, why it's a do trap, you think it's Jim. your hole? It's a trap. Why do you think you need to find your hole? And the people are like, I don't know. I just know it's mine and I know I need to see it. It's a trap. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Githa says, no contaminating the scene. Yeah, exactly. That's what the scientists are trying to say. Nope. That's not, it's not impressing anyone. Nope. And the government is just letting this happen. Because, of course, because they're the government. Uh-huh. Um, that's what they do. So the scientists can't really stop anybody because that's not really their job. That's not their gig. Maybe the government's in on it. So so the people are ranging up and down the mountain looking for their holes. And one of the people, he, he hasn't actually seen his hole on TV. He's just seen, like, everyone's going to Amagara Mountain. So he's going to go check it out? So he's, yeah, he's going, it's like, it's something to do. And his <laughs> name... <laughs> Well, I don't know if I have a hole, but I'm going to go because, right. you know, other, Every, other lemmings are jumping off the, the cliff, so I might as well go too. Pretty much. Owaki <laughs> goes, his name is Owaki, he goes to Amigara Mountain to see what's up, to see why, like, all his friends and, like, half the people he knows in town are wandering off to Amigara Mountain to go find their fucking holes. And he's like, I don't think this is real. I think you're all having some kind of mass delusion. These aren't your holes. They're just some kind of weird natural phenomenon. No, I can't explain it, but it makes more sense than thinking you have an individual, discrete, made-for-you hole in the middle gonna, of a mountain. And what are you going to do when you find right? it? So he's like, I think you're all crazy. But So I'm going to come here, and I'm going to lend my amateur science-ness to this whole investigation and just bring some skepticism <laughs> to this mountain party. And you're all going to feel real stupid in a week. So, we can only hope uh-huh. that they feel anything in a week. So Awaki's at the mountain being skeptical of people who are mostly ignoring him because oh, they're yeah. looking for their holes. Yeah. But he meets this girl named Yoshida who is also there looking for her hole. She's pretty sure she saw it on TV and so she's here looking for it. Mm-hmm. And he sort of strikes up a friendship with Yoshida being like, why do you feel compelled to do this? You know this is insane. And she's Explain just like... Explain it. And she's just like, I don't know. But I've been alone and lonely for so long that I feel a connection to all these other people 
who are also here looking for our holes. Like, this is something we all share, is that we all have a hole, apparently. Aw. Yeah. So he's like, well, that's real fucking depressing, ma'am. I'm going to hang out with you so that you feel less alone. Yeah. Um, so, right? You need a friend. Yeah. I'll be your friend. So Awaki and Yoshida are hanging out on the mountain mm-hmm. as people continue to look for their holes. And finally, after, you know, a few days, um, everyone's camping out there on Amigara Mountain. Mm-hmm. A guy finds his hole. Uh-oh. This doesn't sound good. He finds his specific hole that he saw, that he knew was there. It's actually one of Awaki's friends from town. It is. Uh-huh. I found it. I found my hole. And so the scientists are all gathered, clustered up around him like, okay, sir, how do you know? And he's just like, I just know. I know it's mine. I have to go in. See, I knew. I knew there was an in part to this. Uh-huh. No. Stay out of the fucking hole. So he starts stripping off all his clothes, right? Gets completely buck naked because the hole is so tight. Yeah. Oh, it's God, no. perfectly... Mm-mm millimeter tight to your physical silhouette. No, thank you. He can't go in with anything else on. It's just him in the hole. No. Mm -mm. So he starts stripping off all his clothes and the scientists are like, are you having some kind of episode, sir? And he's like, I have to go in. I have to go into this hole. So he strips off all his clothes and everyone, like the rest of the crowd is just kind of watching in stunned silence. And he shakes off all the scientists and he goes in to his hole in the mountain. What happened? Well, he shimmies his way in. It's very tight. Mm -hmm. He's not really responding to anyone trying to call after all. Waki's like, hey, idiot, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not responding to anyone. He's just going deeper and deeper. He's just sort of shimmying his way no. deeper into the mountain not in his hole. Girl. The scientists try to send like a retrieval team in <laughs> to get him. They can't even get five meters in before they have to give up. Because it's not their hole. It's not their hole. No one but him can fit. So like, well, and if we try to break it it might just collapse the whole thing with him inside and we don't know how deep it goes or where it leads so we might just kill him so they're like okay i guess we just i guess he's just in the hole now so they send a report back to the government like like, man has entered hole (laughs) (laughs) and the government's like okay not ideal keep an eye on that try to stop it from happening again (laughs) and scientists are like all right, I guess we will. But this has set off like a cascade. And so they're all going in their hole? Um, like one night passes and then the next person finds their hole. Oh, no. And then not even an hour later, another person finds their hole. That's and everyone's crazy. just stripping off their clothes and going into their hole. And they're saying like, I don't really want to do this, but it's my hole. I have to go in to my hole. So weird. And the scientists are asking, like, fucking why? And Awaki's asking, like, fucking why? But no one's listening. Everyone's just going, going in into the their hole. fucking hole going and disappearing. Their, mm-hmm, just, just, and it's sort of spreading through this crowd. Everyone is now finding their hole and going into the mountain. The scientists send back another communique, like, we couldn't stop it from happening again. They're all going in their hole. And they're all going in their hole. And so while they're waiting for a response back, Yoshida finds her hole. And Owaki's like, don't, no, do not go in. Oh, and I forgot. There's So Owaki's been having these dreams mm-hmm. while he's sleeping on Amigara Mountain. Okay. The first dream he has is the first night after his friend goes into the mountain. Mm-hmm. He dreams that he is his friend and that he's just shimmying deeper and deeper into the mountain. And that, like, he feels like he's dying. If I have creepy dreams tonight, <laughs> I'm blaming it on you and your story. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is only the first one. He dreams that he's that guy going deeper, deep, deeper, deeper, deeper into the mountain. And the darkness just never ending. This does not sound good. It's not good. It's so not good. so he's had that dream. And he's starting to think, like, all right, maybe there is something fucking weird happening. Yeah. And then you Yoshi- think? Right. And then Yoshida finds her hole. And he's like, do no. not. 
I've had bad dreams about these holes. No. I promise it doesn't go anywhere good. Don't go into the hole. And she's like, I have to, though. It's my hole. What is the fuck is that? I, they don't even know themselves. She can't explain mm-hmm. it to him. And so he's like, all right, well... I don't want this to happen. So here's what's going to, here's what we're going to do. You get in my tent and I'm going to fill your hole up with rocks. So he goes and finds the biggest, heaviest rocks he can get from all around Amigara Mountain. And he's like shoving them into the hole and filling up all the gaps so that she can't get in. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, I still feel like I should go into my hole. And he's like, you can't. You physically can't lift these rocks. I could barely lift them. Some of them I had to get other people, like scientists, to help me move them. You can't get in. So what we're going to do is we're going to just, it's late now, so we're going to sleep in my tent. I will Take her away. I will stay with you for the night to make sure nothing goes wrong. And then we will leave the fucking mountain. And you will not be lonely anymore. You will come to my town and we will be friends. It'll be fine. But he falls asleep. Oh, no. And he has a dream. Oh, no. That he is... A condemned criminal from thousands of years ago in like ancient, ancient Japan, like Mm -hmm. pre-Bronze Age Japan, Mm -hmm. who's committed some kind of horrific, indefensible, unforgivable crime. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what he's done, just that he did something that was real fucking bad, bad. Bad, bad stuff. And the tribe that he's a part of has decided that even killing him is too good. (gasps) So they, so they've dug a grave for him into the mountain in his exact shape just deep 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 into the mountain and his his punishment is that he has to descend into this hole in the mountain and be entombed there alive alive oh that's terrible so that so he dreams this and as he's going deeper and deeper into the darkness he realizes he'll never escape he'll never be free and that's when he wakes up and he sees that yoshi does not in the tent oh no so he rushes out and the rocks are gone from her hole and all of her clothes are no. at the base of the uh, of the hole and yeah. she's gone into the mountain and mm-hmm. he's just resigned about it cuz like he knows by now they've tried to retrieve they people they, they can't. can't get anyone out of their holes so he knows like it's too late she's gone she's just gone mm-hmm. i'll never get her back whatever could have been never will be Aww. and yes, and she she's just gone and he is turning away to pack up his tent and go back to his town alone Mm. (laughs) and his eyes land on his (gasps) hole no and awaki just there's like a 30 second just dead-eyed thousand yard stare into his hole Mm. as he realizes what this fucking means and just with deep resignation just starts taking off his clothes (gasps) no and walks into his hole and that's it so the next morning, the communique returns from the government being like, you know what? Shut all this shit down. Yeah. Everyone leave. Scientists get out. News crews get out. Civilians get taken away by the fucking army. We're locking off this whole fucking fault line. No one comes to Amigara Mountain ever again. And the scientists are like, thank you. Thank you. Well, We've been fault. living in fear that we would find our holes and die. It's yeah. not really their fault. They didn't create the holes. This, you know, there's been like a, f- a few dozen people now who've gone into the holes. They're all like, all right, time to cut our time losses and get the fuck out. Get out. So they do that. A few months later, on the other side of Amigara Mountain, another fault is discovered. No. no. Leave it alone, people. <laughs> and the scientists are like, maybe this is connected to the fault on the original side of the mountain. Oh, you fools. And maybe if we investigate this fault line, we'll be able to figure out whatever the fuck was happening in that fault line without going to bad hole place. (laughs) 
So the scientists are like, all right, we're going to investigate this. They show up. This is bad. And they, there's, again, a split in the mountain and a revealed stone face of, of stone. Mm-hmm. And there are holes in this side of the mountain, but they are not human-shaped. They've been warped by the earthquake that caused the original fault. And they're these, like, long, twisting, elongated... This cannot be good. ...shapes. Like, they look like Lichtenberg figures. This cannot be good. Um, which are, like, the, the characteristic sort of scar patterns that create mm. when you're struck by lightning. So they're these long, snaky, twisting, undulating, squished shapes. And the scientists are like, well, that's interesting. Don't love it. But they're there to investigate, so they start doing all the same shit. They got to stop their investigating. Start doing all the same shit. Investigating, like, yeah, a thousand years old. Yeah, cut from the inside out, whatever. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this can't end well. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and one of the scientists finally is like, all right, well, time to try to see what's inside one, I guess. So they get a flashlight and they, you know, lower a guy as far into one of the big ones as they can find. And they're like, all right, what's, what's, what the fuck's in there? And the guy, you know, reaches his flashlight as deep in as he can. He's like, I don't know. I don't really see anything. It's just dark. But I hear this sound, this sort of shh, 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 sound. So he's, you know, he's squinting into the dark trying to see what the fuck is making this noise. It doesn't really sound like a cave-in. It's just this sort of wet sound. Back away. And finally, something starts to, like, emerge out of the darkness. And it's this just sort of meat pile, this sort of ropey, sinewy shape of flesh in the exact same shape as the hole on this side of the mountain, approaching towards him from out of the mountain, and the is its, like, meat scraping against the tunnel, and he's, you know, being like, all right, take me out, take me out, take me out, I don't want to be in here anymore, and so they're starting pulling him out, and it's moving, 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 shuffling, 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 shuffling. Is it the first guy? He's, He's staring into it. And it's got these eyes that look suspicious. And he's, you know, trying to see what the fuck he's looking at as he's being pulled out. And it's got a full set of human teeth. He's like, motherfucker, these are the people from the other side of the mountain. Still alive, but dramatically reshaped by being like extruded through the changing shape of the tunnel. As it goes through the mountain. Ew. And that's the end of the story. Ew. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yep. The Japanese know how to do scary. Yeah, they do. Oh, my God. So it's actually, it's not the first guy. It's actually um, Owaki. I was worried. It's supposed to be Owaki. I was worried it was Owaki. At the end, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And nothing's ever explained about this. I actually have a theory that um, the people who live around Amigara Mountain were like originally these weird ass demon shaped things and they tunneled their way through the mountain to the other side and got human shaped and then lived there and you know had children and thousands of years later the mountain cracked open and they were called and they were back. called back because <laughs> oh. there's no explanation ever for and like why? is this a mundane thing is this a magic thing what's calling these people and it was only these was, people no yeah it was the people these people these who had specific people their particular right. holes in right. the mountain it's like oh Oh, oh God. I mean, I can just imagine. <laughs> and you can't even see it. No. Because it's, I mean, it's illustrated in the manga. So. Um, well, yeah, but I can, I have imagination. I can just imagine how this is. I've seen manga. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've seen The Ring, you know, yep. and other Japanese horror films. I can imagine. 
Jinji Ito, too, has a really, oh. like, visceral art style oh. that, that's used in his work. Oh, my God. How do I follow that? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just done, y'all. So that was, that, was, done, y'all. that was Jackson's suggestion. He oh. wanted that story told. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's, that's it. Good night. <laughs> no, okay, you have no, some more. Nothing I do will we'll top that. It was it was probably rough, yeah, to start with uh, the Enigma of Amigara Fault. <laughs> that should have been our finale. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, tell a spooky story now, Gwen. No, I can't. <laughs> How can I top that? First of all, I have to give oh, yeah. some, some honor. To, to Dickness. I give two matches for that one. Yeah, it was very spooky. Very And I think I, I, think I told it okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hail Dickness. All right, well. And yeah, everybody in the, the comments, the scientists are very intelligent and also very stupid. Bless yes, them. they are. Laura says, people go in, yokai come out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on a completely different level, mm-hmm. this is a ghost story. All of my stories are ghost my stories. My second story is also a ghost story. So, yeah. All right. So, you know, there are places throughout the United States w- where ghost sightings are reported to happen. Most of the time, these places are places that tragedy continues to happen for one reason or another. And quite often, it tends to be a winding road that has a kind of a dangerous curve that people take too quickly, especially Mm -hmm. in the dark. And so they can be called dead man's curves. Mm -hmm. Um, People, you know, over the years, there are multiple accidents that happen. And you'll usually see a whole bunch of crosses. Yeah. You'll see the crosses and you'll, you'll, you'll hear the stories of people who have lost their lives or been gravely, badly injured, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, for the rest of their lives because they were involved in one of these accidents. Well, this story revolves around one of these curves, Mm -hmm. one of these dead man curves. Mm -hmm. So there was a particular road that had a legend that surrounded this particular dead man's curve because there were multiple people who had died in that area. One happened to be a teenage boy who uh, was driving his car a little too fast And, you know, he was out and it was uh, a wonderful time and he was driving and he wasn't paying attention and he went just a little too fast around this curve and spun out and unfortunately lost his life. (laughs) Well, his mother, who, who loved, obviously loved her son deeply, was so, so grieved that she took her own life. Mm. And it was said that she would, could be seen walking on that dead man's curve on certain nights. Did she kill herself there? Looking for her son, mm. trying to find him, trying to protect him from his that fateful mm-hmm. that accident. accident. So there were some young boys, some teenage boys, who had, of course, grown up in the area, hearing the story of the sightings of the grieving mother who would walk along dead man's curve, to looking for her son and perhaps protecting other drivers by getting them, you know, by appearing to them Mm -hmm. so that they would slow down or they would, you know, they would not be going quite so fast in that curve. Mm -hmm. So these boys, being teenagers, they decided they wanted to see if it was true. Being full of piss and vinegar. Being full (laughs) of piss and vinegar. So they went out one night and they took a bag of flour and they drove to this this curve. Uh-huh. And so because they were looking for proof, they decided to sprinkle the road mm-hmm. and the grass and the, the car uh-huh. and everything they could with this flower. Uh-huh. And then they drove away. No oh boy. 
So they're driving and they're, you know, they're boys, they're having a good time and they're just kind of driving around the countryside, meandering around until they're eventually making their way back to this particular area. But by the time they get closer and closer and the, the music is playing and they're chatting and talking and having a good old time, they're not really paying attention to what they're doing. The car is going faster and faster as it gets closer to this curve and they're coming uh, they're coming around the bend and they're coming to a curve when all of a sudden it stops the car the car just stops like skids to a halt and the young men are frightened because the driver he didn't slam on his brakes the car just stopped and when they catch their breath they all get out and they step around and they look at the hood of the car and there are two handprints mm-hmm Feminine handprints. On the hood of the car. Preventing them from going over the edge. Mm-hmm. That's my story. Good ghost. <laughs> Not nearly as long. Well done, ghost ma'am. Yes. Yeah, sorry. The Enigma of Amigarfalt was definitely long. <laughs> <laughs> but there is my, that is my first ghost story. Good story. I like that story. Give I like it's Yeah, and I like a friendly ghost. Yep. A positive ghost. Yep. Died by, by tragic circumstances, but... Is preventing the deaths of others. Mm-hmm. Especially like stupid teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> their brains aren't finished and they're making bad choices. Yep. Join our tiger Amanda and relax with the salts of Wonderful Body Co. These soaks and scrubs, inspired by popular books and characters, are designed to delight multiple senses with fragrant scents and sparkling mica. You can also find rollerball fragrances and hair oils. With dozens of options available, you're sure to find something you like in the Wonderful Body Co. collection. This week, I'm recommending Goddess Hell, available as a bath salt or ritual oil, with scents of sage, vetiver, lavender, citrus, rose, leather, and amber. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com, or go directly to the shop at etsy.com slash shop slash wonderfulbodyco. So there was a certain architect. Mm-hmm who decided finally at the end of a really successful career that he had finally gotten to the point in his life where he could build his dream home. Okay. And so he designed it and he got the contractors who he knew and worked with and he built this gorgeous dream home. The kind of home that has, you know, just the right amount of bedrooms, just the right amount of bathrooms, perfect storage, a kitchen where everything can be put in its place mm-hmm. and there's a pantry and... This sounds like goals. <laughs> yes, it's just, you know, and built specifically for him and to his, his family, taste. to his taste. And in this house, he had a finished basement. Okay. And one side would have been, you know, where you do this perfect laundry room with the... You know, you have storage for things and you have sink and Mm -hmm. you have a place for folding your laundry. Just everything you could possibly want was available in this laundry room. Okay. On the other side of the finished basement was his space. Right. Man cave. Man cave. But this was like a place where he could go to create and to draw Mm -hmm. and to to envision his the buildings that he wanted to build and and things of that nature. And so he lived in this dream house after he had built it. Long, long life that he, you know, he was able to enjoy long time he was able to enjoy this house. Mm -hmm. And he lived there until he was an elderly man, and then finally he moved on to the next life, mm-hmm. 
And of course, the house was sold and a new family moved in. And it was this perfect home, you know, just so beautiful, just the right amount of rooms, just beautiful kitchen, the laundry room, everything about this house was just homely and well laid out and just, you know, any place a family could, could really grow and just blossom because it was just such a comforting place to be. Mm -hmm. All except one particular room. So the man cave? The study Mm. in the basement. Anytime anyone went down there, it felt cold. And they and they felt kind of strange. Like oh, maybe I'm starting to have thoughts about this architect was, man. was watching them. And it was like, why does it feel so creepy in here? And like some of the, the drawers and things in that room were locked. Mm. And there was no key. Mm, I don't like any of this. I don't like where this is going. There's like a secret room in here or something. <laughs> they would, you know, tend to kind of avoid this mm-hmm. room a little bit just because it felt creepy. It's the and, creepy room. You know, and nobody could figure out how to open these damn drawers. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but one day. Somebody ought to take an axe to that desk. <laughs> one day, the father goes down into this room. Mm-hmm. And he, because he's got this suit that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And he needs a quiet place where he can just try to. Figure out what to do with this thing, right? And the laundry room's down there. Then the laundry room's down there, and he's having trouble. And finally, he just gets frustrated, and he just leaves the suit the next day. Oh, I don't like this. The drawers are open. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And the suit is fixed. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and so the father comes in and is like, okay. The fuck? What the fuck happened? What, what the fuck over here? Oh, I don't like this. Why he has some kind of like slave in his secret room. <laughs> and so he shuts the drawers and he takes the suit mm-hmm. and he leaves. I would burn that suit. <laughs> and anytime anyone needs to go and get something done, mm-hmm. they leave the suit in the special room. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't like it. Where it can be repaired. Uh-uh. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> These are not like friend friendly brownies. This is some kind of like some kind of slave he's been keeping locked in the secret room or I don't know. I don't like it. And that is the end. That's the end of the story? story. Oh no, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't think it could be Casper the friendly architect? No, no. That man had like a creepy secret and that those drawers in that desk somehow like lead into a secret room where he's kept some persons enslaved to fix shit for him. <laughs> and after they died, they just live down there now. I, this is, mm-mm, I don't like it. <laughs> Mr. Architect, no, absolutely, he got a secret room in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> what do you all think? What do they think in the Discord? Laura says, a ghost does my laundry? Cool. A ghost of a creepy old dude in a mystery locked door? No, no, no. <laughs> It's the little things that creep me out on that one. <laughs> it's the mystery. And all the perfection everywhere uh-huh. else with the locked, And then there's cold this one room. cold, creepy room with locked drawers in it that only open up when something fixes your shit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> that man was keeping slaves in his house. <laughs> or maybe his wife. Or his wife. Some, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. I don't like it. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> it's open to interpretation. Uh, you could look at it one way. Kenneth okay, says, by the way, these are great to listen to while trick-or-treating in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to tell um, uh, a classic ghost story. Yes, yes. 
I'm going to tell the tale of La Llorona. Ah, yes, I've been looking forward to this. Yes, so there are many variations of the La Llorona story. It's common in Mexico, in Guatemala, in the southwestern parts of the United States that used to be Mexico. <laughs> it's thought that actually La Llorona stories might go back to like Aztec mythology originally mm -hmm. and then got like blended with women in white stories mm, from Germany yeah. and things like that. But so there are like a thousand variations of La Llorona. So I'm going to tell the one that I learned once during like the er early in the settlement of Mexico or when it was being colonized by the Spaniards. There was this beautiful woman mm. who was a native woman and we don't know what her name was. Mm -hmm. But now she's usually called Maria. Mm -hmm. And so there was this beautiful native woman, and she was seduced by a conquistador. Mm. And obviously they couldn't be married because he was a conquistador and she was a native woman. And for geopolitical reasons, that would have been bad news. No bueno. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the natives were being enslaved and all this it was a whole thing. Right. So he seduced her, and they had, like, a, like an illicit affair. And she had two children by him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, like, so this affair went on for years, mm -hmm. and she had these children with him, and she really loved him, even though he was this, you know... Conquistador. This conquistador, this conquering monster, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. um, but she really loved him, and she loved their children, and she wished she could have, you know, more of a life with him than, than she could have, than right. she could just... Because all she could really have with him was these sec this secret this relationship. Illicit illicit affair. Mm -hmm. um, and so sort of the only proof of her love for him was their children together, her mm -hmm. two children. So she's raising their children and they aren't really well received in the community. Say, there's got to be some prejudice against yeah. her because being a, she's an, an unmarried exactly, woman. An unmarried woman and she's a native woman and her children are clearly mixed race. Mm -hmm. And so they're not being very well received in the community. So right. she stays close to him. And we never learn his name. He's just a rich, important conquistador. Mm -hmm. But so she stays close to him, and that doesn't help her reputation either because people kind of suspect but can't prove. Yeah, but yeah. eventually he marries a white woman. Of course he does. Because... Political reasons. Yeah. And, and I mean, well, a not, not a white woman necessarily, but he, she, he marries a Spanish woman. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is he, it's political reasons and, exactly. and rich reasons. Yeah, and so, so he marries a rich Spanish woman. And she's heartbroken hmm. that he would betray her in this way. Because mm -hmm. even though they couldn't be, be married, like they, they had a, a relationship. They had this important relationship. They had this love. They had their children together. Mm -hmm. She considered them to be, you know, sort of common law married. Married in spirit. Married in spirit, yeah. And he's gone and had this, you know, big church wedding with this Spanish woman. Mm -hmm. You know, she goes to him and is like, well, what about our children? What about our life together? And he tells her, well, don't worry. I'll take care of the children. She says, you'll what? Is he going to take the children? And he says, don't worry. I'll still take care of our children. And so, and that's it. That's all he tells her. And so oh she goodness. goes home just like stewing in her mind, like he's going to take my children away mm -hmm. and have them raised by this Spanish woman, mm -hmm. by this other person. She's going to get to raise my children with him. She's mm -hmm. going to take the proof of my love with him and raise them as Spaniards, mm -hmm. as invaders. And so, like, just overcome with this grief and rage, she takes her children to the lake mm -hmm. and she drowns them. Because no... If I can't have them, no exactly, one Exactly. No Spanish bitch is going to raise my children without me. And 
She looks at their bodies in the water and she's like the the rage sort of recedes. Mm-hmm. And all she's left with is the grief and the, the realization of what she's just done. She's just killed her children. She loved them even separate from him. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they were the proof of her love for him, mm-hmm. but they were also her children and she just loved them. Mm-hmm. And in this stupid moment of revenge, she's killed the only people who mattered to her still. Mm-hmm. So she drowns herself. Mm-hmm. And she tries to follow them into the afterlife, but she can't find them. Mm-hmm. She's trying to follow them into the afterlife and reunite with her children and apologize and tell them why and make amends. Mm-hmm. And she can't, she's just wandering around in the this, you know, hazy, death-like Mm-hmm. Trying to find her children, and she can't find them anywhere. Where could her children have gone? It was moments ago. They can't have gone far. Mm-hmm. And so the rage comes back. Someone has taken her children. Even in death, someone has taken her children away from her, just like she was afraid would happen. They've taken her children. They've taken her children. And this, like, transforms her mm-hmm. from a grieving mother to the weeping woman, mm-hmm. La Llorona. And her dress is just perpetually soaked in water in, from the lake she drowned herself in. And she wanders every body of water she can get to. Looking for her children. Looking for her children, calling out for her children. Oh, my children, where are you? We have to go together. Where are my children? Where are my children? Give me my children. And anytime she sees any unattended child near a body of water, especially at night, she tries to pull them them to her, thinking that they're her children. And so she drags them underwater and drowns them. But she can't hold on to them because they're not her children. And so she's never appeased. She never has her children back. She perpetually wanders, searching for her children, unable to find them, overcome with rage and grief and heartbreak. And that's that's the story of La Llorona. It's yeah. it's told mostly to children to keep them away from the water, water. at night. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of the legend that I heard is that when you hear her weeping close to you, she's actually far away. Mm. But the farther away she sounds, the closer she is. So if you just hear a woman weeping faintly in the distance, that means she's right behind you. Oh, yeah. So that is the tale of La Llorona as it was told to me. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. She's it's... one of my favorite ghost stories. Yeah. Very, definitely. very sad. And, and legend. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. She's a folk tale. She's a folk tale. So, like I said, there are a lot of versions. Um, sometimes she's married to a ranchero. Sometimes she's actually married to father of her children, mm-hmm. and she's killed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes she kills her children because of uh, infidelity mm-hmm. on his part. All, it, all kinds of variations. All kinds of it's more sad than scary. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. It is spooky. It has some spooky elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who told me the story was like, I was terrified at the waterfront oh, forever, I bet. <laughs> my entire childhood. But all of the the weeping women, the mm-hmm. white. Woman, yeah, the woman in white, the is woman a, in a common, white, a common story. and she usually is presented as wearing a white dress. Yeah, and they're they're always always tragic figures mm-hmm. because they are grieving a lost love, a lost child. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, their own murder. Sometimes their own murder. All right, you had one okay, more story. I'll do one more. So, 
there were two young men who went camping together in the desert. They didn't take much with them other than their sleeping bags, food, materials for fire. And, you know, they were going to just kind of lay out and watch the stars Mm -hmm. and, you know, just road time, you know, just hang out in the desert. In the desert. In the desert, (laughs) you know, camping. And they cooked up their dinner, you know, roasted some some food over the fire Mm -hmm. and and maybe got a little tipsy, you know, drinking some beers Mm -hmm. and, you know... Just having a good old time. If you're going to bro out in the desert, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And so as the peace and the tranquility of the area and the stars I was going to say, overhead, they must have a great view of the stars. Yep, the great view of the stars. And, um, you know, they have their, their tent and their sleeping bags and their fire. And they're being real careful, of course, because mm-hmm. you know, they're not stupid. Uh, but they eventually do fall asleep. And as time goes by and they're sleeping, one of them is woken up. By the sound of a voice. And it and it he thinks it's his friend's voice and he he doesn't see his friend next to him like he normally would. And he hears this kind of a frantic voice saying, Come here. Mm-mm. Come here. Mm-mm. Quick. Mm-mm. Look. Come here. And so That's a trap. That's bait. So the young man is is kind of looking around. He's confused. He's like, Where's my friend? Dead. So he he gets out of his sleeping bag and Come is looking around and he he hears again. Come here, quick, no, quick, come not. look. No, that's a monster. That's and a cryptid. So of course he's sleepy and he's confused, mm-hmm. and, you know, because he'd been drinking mm-hmm. and you know having fun, mm-hmm. and so he's kind of tripping over the the ground toward the sound of the voice. Uh-huh. And again he hears it again, and but it's as he's listening, he starts to realize it's like a perfect repetition yeah every time he hears it quick uh-huh come it's, here uh-huh. look yeah no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and, and he's like what is going on so he's taking a few more steps forward and forward toward the sound of this voice oh when God. suddenly arms grab him uh-huh. from behind and pull him back into the chest of his friend who uh-huh. says where are you going that's fucking not me <laughs> and his friend turns him around puts a finger to his lips and says and slowly starts to draw him away mm-hmm. back the way he came because he'd traveled much farther mm-hmm. than he realized mm-hmm. back to where they had been sleeping, which they decide they are not sleepy anymore. So they roll up their sleeping yeah. bags, pull all their shit in their car yeah. and they take off. Sure. Good. Good choice. Good choices being made here. And leave whatever was calling to the young man behind. A bad demon. <laughs> That's a mm, that mm, mm, mm. There are a couple of cryptids and like ghost stories that are about like some some kind of monster that can like perfectly like mimic, mimic a human voice. And you know the question is, you know, where had his friend gone? So maybe uh-huh. he had gotten up and gone to the bathroom. Probably, was yeah. Kind of out of you know out of his. You know, out of immediate, out of immediate range. It's dark. Right. And he's drunk. And he's drunk. And so he doesn't see him. And so he's. Or maybe his friend was like back of the car getting something. Who knows? knows? But he was being lured Mm -hmm. further and further into the desert. And thankfully, his friend found him Mm -hmm. and came after after him and rescued him. Yeah. There are several stories about creatures that do that. And all of them are bad. (laughs) (laughs) So if you hear. A repetitive calling of uh-huh. someone, even as someone's voice that you think you know, uh-huh. saying "Help!" Be careful. Help. Make sure help <laughs> that it is actually truly 
your friend. It's Especially not. if you are in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. in a desert. It's not. Or the forest. It's not your friend. <laughs> it's not your friend. Check your surroundings <laughs> first. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's if it's, if it sounds like someone has tape recorded someone's voice and is just playing it on a loop, mm-hmm. that's a monster. Yep. Or it is someone tape recorded someone calling for help on a loop and you're being lured for other more other. mundane nefarious reasons. Uh-huh. Either way, bad news. Bad news. Bad news. And so that was my last scary story. Mm-hmm. Or spooky. Not really scary, but spooky. It's spooky. It's unsettling. I don't like it. That's kind of what I was going mm-hmm. for. You the succeeded. Spooky and unsettling stories. I had the nice mama saving the kids. Uh-huh. To, to lure me into a false sense of security. <laughs> And then you were like, slaves in the basement, (laughs) voices in the desert. (laughs) Yep. (sighs) All right. Well, I've been thoroughly spooked. I don't know about y'all. Happy Halloween, y'all. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And blessed Samhain. Yes. Because obviously today that we're recording is Samhain. Yes. And while we have... It'll come out on November 1st. That's right. And while we do have the fun of Halloween, you know, on this day where Mm -hmm. we enjoy spooky stories and... And doing things, we also honor our ancestors yes. this this day and this night. Our ancestors who knew to stay away from repetitive That's voices. That's right. And who liked a good ghost story around a campfire. <laughs> Rannon said, ooh, Rannon has a La Llorona story. Rannon says, fuck the La Llorona. I lived in Texas most of my life, so I've heard the story my whole life. And as a child, I had a super fucking scary experience of hearing a woman crying near the creek I lived next to. And I would have followed her if my mom hadn't called me back for bed right then. It was only the next day that my older half-brother and cousin told me what it probably was, and I was not happy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any body of water. <laughs> yeah. Crying women. Stay away. Stay away. Especially as a small child. Yep. Exactly. Because there are some stories that... La Llorona will um, also attack adults, but usually it's like men who remind her of her of her, of her lover. lover. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's children who are most at risk yep. of La Llorona. Yep. And the the story of you know of the of the curve and and yeah, the woman, the... you know, those those are very common tropes, very yep. common stories where you hear of ghosts of of people who can be spotted mm-hmm. on the roadside um, near a, a, a accident prone area. Lore says, we have panthers out here, so any screaming woman in the mountains is probably actually actually a panther and it's going to eat you. Yeah, there's that too. And foxes sound a lot like screaming mm-hmm. people. There have definitely been um, cases of people following a fox cry mm-hmm. into the woods at night and getting lost. Yeah, rabbits can have a really uh-huh. uh, a strange scream Basically, that sounds like if you, a child. If you hear a shriek and it's not from a person you can literally see, mm-hmm. do not go try to help. Call an authority call, figure yeah, call who is better equipped to help. Handle that. Don't go investigate. And for sh- for shit's sake, if you see a person-sized hole in the side of a fucking mountain, don't go in. Don't don't go in. <laughs> oh my God, Rhiannon Grace says they would have thought that the the crying woman they heard was a coyote if it wasn't speaking Spanish. That was La Llorona. <laughs> And let's face it, there are some unusual things in the world. Mm-hmm. There are, there, I believe there are cryptids. I believe there are, you know, spirits that do wander. Mm-hmm. And of course, and sometimes they do Samhain, harm. Uh, is Wait, veils the night thin. when the veil is very thin. So I hope you all made your jack-o'-lanterns and Man. kept them lit all night. That's right. That's how so. I don't know if everyone knows this. Our, our personal belief for jack-o'-lanterns, I don't think this is actually supported anywhere. But no, what we do in our, we do in our family our is that we set up our jack-o'-lantern as a, a sentinel, a little guardian spirit mm-hmm. for the night. And the rule is, has to stay lit until after midnight. Mm-hmm. After that, it's okay. You can turn out the light or put out the candle or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. But it has to stay lit until midnight so it can keep any bad ghosts out of your house. That's right. And that was something that uh, was from my childhood that I uh, basically, it, it was my own perception of mm-hmm. a jack-o'-lantern. Because I knew what a jack-o'-lantern was. It was, you know, a lot of fun and stuff. But it was my own understanding of, of the spirit world as someone who was sensitive that this jack-o'-lantern had. It was a protector. It was a protector. And that is just something that I have developed as mm-hmm. uh, I became a, a witch. It's like a seasonal gargoyle. Yeah, it is. It is. And I know that there are a lot of people now who use mm-hmm. them as sentinels and guardians and to protect your house. And while, while the veil is thin. That's right. While the say. veil is thin. And so that is that is something that I have been doing unknowingly and knowingly mm-hmm. for most of my life. So I grew up with that. All right. We will say goodbye and good night so that... Y'all who are doing Halloween can continue your Halloween stuff. That's right. And you can Google us, the number three and the letters P-A-C, or the number three and the words Pegasus and a cat. We have a Patreon. We have some other stuff. I'm on Instagram. Right. I'm on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, have a, we have a Discord channel, or a Discord server, rather, that is open to everyone. Open to everyone. We are going to begin our new perk for mm-hmm. the cat level, mm-hmm. which is the $5 level. We're we are be reviewing various occult or other types of stuff. things. Witchy stuff. Um, just a little short review. Mm-hmm. That's going to go up exclusively on the Patreon. And that's right, for people who are cat. And above. And above. So if you're interested in hearing our reviews, Mm -hmm. consider supporting us on the cat level. Mm -hmm. And that will give you that perk. I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm sort of right on Patheos Pagan. (laughs) Intermittently. Intermittently. I'm trying to get back into the groove of things. Oh, and um, the Pride is doing a little, like, unofficial NaNoWriMo support group. You can find that on the Discord. Uh, There's a channel called NaNoWriMo Pride Edition, which I will also be participating in because I got shit to do for NaNo. So if you are... Uh, a NaNoWriMo participant. Join us with NaNoWriMo and what What do we say? No Drama November? Yes. No, no Drama November. No Drama November. That is what we're going for. So if you're doing any magics, no, no Drama, drama November. November. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Blessed Samhain. You all have a wonderful week. Yes. Goodbye. We'll, we'll see you again. Well, hear you. Well, no. You'll hear us. You'll hear us again Next week. <laughs>